In this episode of the Explore Information Security Podcast, how to join the InfoSec community, part two. Welcome to the Explore Information Security Podcast, where you will learn, explore, and grow your security mindset. All right, so we have Michael Hoffman again with us to talk about how to join the InfoSec community. And one of, we, we kind of touched on this um, towards the end of the last podcast. Um, but I want to touch here because I saw this on Twitter the other day was was how to meet people. And and there are within the Infosec community, there seems to be a lot of introversion. And then, you know, th- this person on Twitter was like, well, I'm really like I have a lot of social anxiety. So so how is someone like them supposed to get started and meet people? Yeah, that that can be very challenging. A lot of people in information security are introverts. Um, and there's a variety of introverts I found over the years. Uh, when people think of introverts, generally they think of people that don't like attending conferences and don't like necessarily interacting with other people. But yet, that you know, the the strength of information security and really computers nowadays is that you don't have to necessarily go out and shake hands and and play games with other people or or you know interact with them on a personal level in face to face there's opportunities for you to uh, do things via the via distance learning methods whether it's it's connecting over a slack channel um, there's some amazing slack channels out there that are general information security or uh, one that i've been working on now is open source intelligence so it's openosint.slack.com and people just go in there and it's absolutely fine if you get in there and you just want to lurk. You just want to look and see what other people are talking about and, and not contribute until you're ready to, until you're ready to ask that first question. And so I think you know more of the anonymous types of online communities can be very helpful to get people to, to uh, be ready to interact. Right. And I think like you, we mentioned earlier, Twitter too, if you can – you know, start having a conversation with someone on Twitter, there's there's less, I guess you could have a little less anxiety because you're not in person. But, you know, I've met people on Twitter that it's like, hey, you're going to be at this conference. Yeah, I'm going to be there. Well, I definitely want to meet up. And that's yeah. that that makes that interaction a little bit easier. Oh, it absolutely does. And and there are, are uh, when whenever there's a conference, there's usually a hashtag for that conference. So hashtag B-sides, whatever. And you can follow the events. And most of the time, there are people that are, are more of the extroverts. And they'll say, hey, uh, I'm going to go get coffee or I'm going to this bar or I'm going to mm-hmm. get dinner. Who wants to come with me? And, and it's just a general invite. And uh, some of the best conversations I've had is when I've just accepted that invite and said, yeah, sure, I'll go with you. And you meet new people that really can connect some, uh, can make some connections for you and just are great people. Yeah. I, and I would say that in my experience, it's, it's taken some time. It's taken several conferences of just meeting people to, to really start feeling comfortable um, at those conferences because, because I, people can believe it or not. Um, I am still a shy person. I mean, once, once I get to know people, I kind of open up a little bit more and I'm able to interact with people, but initially it's still being, and I'm still working on this. It's still very difficult for me to walk up to someone and say, hi, my name's Tim. Who are you? You know, are you enjoying the conference? Things like that. Um, I'm, I'm still working on that to this day because, uh, I walk up to new people and, and it's just, just that anxiety. Sure. And and some of it's fear of rejection or what if that person knows more than I do or mm-hmm. or 
just, you know, what if that person is, is stuck up? Um, on the whole though, I I've met, um, probably 99 people that are just there enjoying themselves and, and very open to communicating with other people, open to just having a, a general discussion while you're waiting in line for coffee at, at a conference. Um, and then, yeah, there's some people that have to work themselves up to, you know, I'm going to talk to somebody at conference. My suggestion, and and as a speaker at a con- several conferences, I love it when people do this, is after uh, somebody stands up and, and gives a, a presentation, wait in line and then afterwards just go up to them and say, listen, you know, I, 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 w- I sat through your talk. I really enjoyed it or I didn't enjoy it. And just talk with that one person. That's it. As a speaker, you know, getting up there on stage and, and talking about something that, that I'm passionate about, that I found interesting. When somebody else comes up and says, hey, I found this interesting too, or this was useful to me. That's a great feeling to me. And I've made a lot of, of uh, mentees that way. I've made a lot of uh, good friends that way as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, Absolutely. Yeah, I think there's opportunity there. You just got to kind of find uh, your thing. And and like we've mentioned before, volunteering is a great way. Like I said, I got to bring a camera. Didn't say a whole lot, but at least I got to meet the organizers. And some of those organizers have turned into mentors. And, uh, you know, I, they've also led to me meeting other people and me introducing them to other people and things like that. So, I, you know, everyone gets their start somewhere. And I, I think even in your video talk you talk about and you kind of talked about here was – Go, jumping in the deep end and going to Black Hat and DEF CON and just kind of lurking and feeling a little intimidated. So I think I think everyone, what, what I'm trying to get is that everyone kind of has that feeling. Oh, absolutely. And even, you know, people that have been in the industry for, for many years, it still can be intimidating going into a, a strange place. Some people have no problem with it, but uh, I like to think of myself as an extroverted introvert. In that if I can stand up in front of a room full of people and talk about something, that's not no problem to me. But interacting with a lot of people, it it, it exhausts me. And so it's a little bit more challenging for me to do so. Um, and that's okay because online I am I'm in chat rooms and I'm doing things to to make sure that um, I'm learning I'm connecting with people and then uh, you know many times we can get together we can coordinate things in one of these smaller venues and say hey we're gonna just us people from this group are going to go out to this restaurant at this date and time and put some faces with the the people that I've been communicating with people that I might call friends or or colleagues. So uh, it's it really is a choose your own adventure. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And, and if you're looking for one thing to try, think of a question. And this is even in Slack channels. It's it's because and I know Slack channels can be intimidating. But if someone's talking about something, don't be afraid to say, well, "What is this?" or "What is that?" I, I, can you explain this more? People love. Uh, interacting like that in Slack channel. And I will say people in Slack channels love when people they've never seen before start speaking up and asking questions. Yeah, moving, you know, taking that that big step from being uh, somebody that's just in the background to somebody that's participating, it, it it's a big step for a lot of people, but it's so worth it because y- you find that the conversation is really not as hard as you might think. Um, that that barrier sometimes we we throw up a wall. Um, I I participated in one of these uh, mud runs, five k runs one time, and uh, the the starting line had a six foot high wall on it 
And, and before you could even get to the start line, you had to climb over the six foot wall. And it said on the wall, you know, if you can't tackle this obstacle, don't even start the course. And so a lot of people put up this barrier. They think, wow, you know what? I, I have nothing to add to this conversation. I hear that over and over mm-hmm. and over again. I have nothing to add. You, you've been in the industry for 20 years. What am I going to know that you don't know? And the reality is, is that you're throwing up that wall and not allowing me to have the opportunity to learn from you. Because, right. I mean, you know things that I don't know. I know things you don't know. And it's just a matter of finding out those strengths and the, the individual pieces of us that, that make the communication fun yeah yeah the, what i grew up with was a, a nintendo and you know pentium one computers these computers nowadays like i know there's going to be a point where just like i don't understand help me <laughs> so we yeah. definitely we definitely need people with different experiences and different knowledge yeah Absolutely. And and I think we talked about it last time that that once you get into an area, let's say, you know, my chosen field was pen te- penetration testing and information security uh, assessments. Once you get into that area, you realize that, oh, my God, there's there's wireless and mobile and mm-hmm. there's there's systems and networking. And uh, and then once you get into web app testing, then you realize there's a whole bunch of other specializations <laughs> and other knowledge. It, it's like it never ends. And right. uh it, it's really fun. I, I love the constant learning. Yeah, the, the, the joke right now is that there's a new JavaScript framework every week. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, things are. that's one of the, th- I think, great things about our industry, too, is that there's always something new to learn. There, There's just tons of it out there, and there's new stuff coming out every day. Absolutely. And and the things that I like is that it's new stuff that I find interesting. What you find interesting as a as a blue teamer or somebody that does something more on the blue team side may not interest me. And that's absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so much out there that nowadays and so many areas that we're now getting into um, that it really the sky's well with SpaceX, it's even beyond the sky's the limit now. <laughs> um, it's really cool. Yeah, I like to point to you know the Avengers. It's like n- not everybody had the same skill. Everyone did something different, and and uh, than the rest of the team, and that's what made them such a great team is the complement there of, of yeah. the different skills and different experiences that they brought. Absolutely. Uh, to go back to the the CTF at DerbyCon that we spoke about last time, uh, when we were on that team, I didn't know I my skills in Windows exploitation was uh, pretty pretty minimal. But there was somebody on the team that I could turn to and say, hey, I got a Windows system here. What should I be doing? And they said, oh, try this, try this, try this. And the great thing about like participating in a CTF, in it, uh, or uh, for those of that you, you that don't know, a CTF is a capture the flag event where you go and you try to find these events, you try to find these flags on computer systems or web applications, and then you submit them to a scoreboard to, to get points. But the benefit of that is that when you're working with other people, they many times won't just tell you how to do it. They'll guide you through it. And so I gained some really great on-the-job type of skills from this. And then I could reciprocate when there was a web app or another uh, a Unix or Linux system issue that the other person didn't know about. So, yeah, it's, yep. it's really as complementary skills. Yep, absolutely. So, so what are some of the things that people should watch out for in the community? Well, what do you mean by watch out for? Uh, just kind of, I guess, missteps, um, you know, things that would, I don't know, be kind of make them put them off from from joining the community and participating in it. 
So the first thing that comes to my mind is is trying too hard. Um, you know, the information in any community, uh, when new people join the community or join join the the group, there's always a kind of a feeling out time. Hey, you know, what do you bring to the group? What do you, what skill sets do you bring? What ideas do you bring? And many times, if a person is over eager, instead of joining a group and seeing how the group functions, how how people interrelate, how they share information, what they don't share, what's appropriate. Sometimes people come on way too strong and maybe uh, put up inappropriate things in, in certain groups. And that turns people off a little bit. Um, also, in in my spheres that of communities that I deal with, we're focused on the ethical parts of hacking. So anything that's illegal or illicit, that's most likely out of scope for the groups that I participate in. So again, kind of a turnoff if you're coming into a group. Uh, there was a person that I I was working with, and he joined one of the groups that I was a part of, and he said, hey, I found this way to take over Twitter accounts. All you have to do is this, 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 and just right out there in the channel. And people were like, dude, that's this is not the right place for this. Um, so those are some of the things I think right off the bat. I, you know, I, and I'll add to that is, is, uh, volunteers. And I've, I've seen this at several conferences where people volunteer and then the organizers are scrambling around cause they don't have enough volunteers show up. Mm. Um, that's also one quick way to get yourself blacklisted. I know there are some conferences that have like a blacklist that they pass around. So if you volunteer at one and then you don't show and don't communicate that, that's probably the biggest thing is if you have something come up that doesn't allow you to, to vault, to meet, to meet a commitment, make sure you let them know it as far in advance as possible. Um, but just, you know, trying to volunteer and get a ticket to something and then just bother not showing up, just it's, that doesn't look good. And that, that doesn't reflect well on you as a person or your integrity. Yeah. And I'll extend that too. Cause, um, as a person that's, that's a little bit more senior in, in, in my career, I, I will make time on the weekends, take, take time away from my family. If somebody approaches me and says, I really have a passion to do this. Can you help me out? Uh, I'll carve out time to do it. And sometimes I've carved out time of my personal time to do this. And I show up at the Starbucks or Panera or whatever it is. And the person doesn't show up. And you know, that that's absolutely something that's, um, that that's a problem. I mean, you know, have, have the consideration to let other people know I can't make it or I'm running late. Um, I think that's, yeah, that's a good thing. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So what resources are available for learning more about joining the FSA community? Oh, I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. First and foremost, there is a wonder. There's there's actually uh, several wonderful resources that are compilations of lists or blogs or other things. Uh, the first one that I ever found out about was Leslie Carhart's um, TizzyPhone.net site, and she has a blog there where she talks. She has uh, like seven chapters of blog posts on how to join the information security community, but. Uh, Rob Fuller, Mubix, he has a, a great site that is very simple. It's room362.com slash start. And that has a great listing of blog posts, videos, like my how to, you know, how to join the information security video, and so many more resources that people can go to. But here's the thing, and you and I talked about this earlier, is you can very easily overwhelm yourself by looking at all these blogs and taking all this information in. Um, find yourself a mentor. 
that can help you work through this, the, the process. If you don't know of anybody that's local to you, maybe you're in a more geographically isolated area, uh, reach out to somebody on Twitter or via email. Um, there are lots of opportunities to connect with people, but find somebody that works for you. Absolutely. Is there anything else you'd like to mention that we haven't already discussed? I don't think so. I just like to say I appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah, no, absolutely. This has been uh, this has been fantastic. All right, so what can we plug for you, sir? For me, um, nothing really. I, I I really don't have anything to plug. You have you have your website though. Oh, I do have my website. Yes, I have webbreacher.com, um, and you can hit me up on uh, webbreacher. Uh, on Twitter, if anybody wants to, um, I also have a uh, a bunch of classes that I'm teaching for SANS. So SANS.org/instructors. We'll put it in the notes here. SANS.org/instructors/micah-hoffman. And I'm teaching web app hacking in Boston coming up, in Berlin in the fall, in DC later on this year. So uh, I'd love to see some of you come out and say hi. All right. Awesome. Uh, well, yeah, as you said, we'll get those in the show notes. And uh, thank you for joining me to discuss how to join the FSI community. Thanks. That will do it. Hopefully you learned something. Feedback is welcome at timothy.dblock at gmail.com or on Twitter at timothydblock. Show notes can be found at timothydblock.com forward slash E-I-S. If you enjoyed the show, share it with others and rate it on iTunes. Have a good one.